Hi, this is NFL Network's Patrick Claibon welcoming you to another episode of the 4th and Out podcast. It's the best podcast. Well, yeah, I'll say it. It's the best podcast in the world because you are listening to it right now. It's in your ears and you hear me and I'm telling you it's the best. You could be listening to any podcast in the world, but you're not. You're listening to the 4th and Out because, well... The universe has decided to give you this, this opportunity to hear a fantastic podcast. So continue on the path that life is set you and enjoy the fourth and out podcast. Hello and welcome to a new episode of the fourth and out podcast with me, George Evans. To talk through the AFC South this week, there is no Liam Whiting. I, I hear a collective groan already, uh, but Ollie Broom joins me again. Ollie, how's it going? Hi, mate. All good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, good, man. Good. Things have been a lot better this week. Pubs opening up, hairdressers opening up. Not that we've taken advantage of that yet, but it's been nice to get out a bit. One out of two is not too bad. Um, probably guess which one we, we did. Pub, pub, pub. Well, it was your birthday on Sunday, <laughs> so that's fair enough. Yeah, so you sent a picture to our group chat about 10 minutes past midday on Monday. Of a lovely pint of San Miguel. I don't mess um, around, mate. I was I could see the pub garden from outside my window. I knew when I it was, was open. I was also in a separate pub uh, <laughs> doing similar. So, yeah. Great minds. Nice. Great minds. Uh, yeah, so Liam won't be joining us for this one. He is off playing baseball at the moment, if you can believe it. I surely can't. But, um, you know, at least me and you, mate, and some would say, you know, the best two. That's not for me to say. Okay. I mean, baseball, come on. I can't believe, I genuinely couldn't believe it. When he said it on the chat, I, I, one, I didn't know that Essex had a baseball team or that enough people in Essex wanted to play it. Two, it's terrible. I mean, I've said it to you two. Um, I'll just say it wide out. I went to watch baseball in Canada. It, it is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so long. It's so I went, long. <laughs> I went to the longest game in about... 20 years it was on the news the next day um, where I found out the result because we'd left and gone to bed because we were still a bit jet lagged it is ridiculous and I watched um, the highlights of a game the other day uh, nine innings nobody hit any runs I mean stadium good atmosphere good food good game no not for me no I agree I don't think let's stick, let's stick to the NFL yeah I mean I was just about to say like, it took us a few years to get into the NFL and now we love it but I can say with you know pretty much my whole heart and head that I'm never going to get into I mean 17 games you know you get up for a Sunday red zone and everything um I I don't think I'm going to be watching 100 plus baseball games a season oh yeah there's so many games as well (laughs) no it's not for me but we do wish Liam the best of luck and uh we will be going to go along to see him at some point this year definitely uh I was going to invite people along but that's probably a bit harsh for his first game isn't it Okay, let's uh, let's go for the AFC South then. Um, so, as usual, we'll go from last to top. So, Jags, Texans, Colts, and then the Titans. Starting off with Jacksonville, um, one and fifteen record. Obviously, the worst in the league. Hence why they've got the number one pick in the draft. Actually, won their first game of the season. So, pretty much Norton fifteen. After that, um, you know, Ollie, it's pretty obvious to say that it was a a shocking season for the Jags, but I don't think it was a season that any of us didn't really expect with that team. No, they were always in the running for Trevor Lawrence. 
Um, and they were the, I guess you'd call them the winners by being the losers. Yeah. Um, just a, yeah, just a bad season. I can't really say too much good about them, really. Just more angles, not so good. Which is weird. I mean, they're in that AFC Championship game three years ago. Yeah. And, you know, from that to 1 and 15, really big turnaround for them. And, I mean, they're going to hope to to turn it around the other way. But that'll be more difficult, I'd imagine. They have a real trouble keeping hold of players. Like you mentioned that 2017 um, AFC Championship team. But they lost Jalen Ramsey. He didn't want to be there anymore. Well, that they was lost... based off defence. They had such yeah. a good defence that year. Exactly. They had Ngokwe. He then left. Didn't want to be there. You know, Fournette, okay, he wasn't a powerhouse, but he was still around and he hates the Jags now. He left. So it seems to me like the Jags have got a bit of a problem in-house keeping players, which is what they hope... Um, you know, their Brett Myers gonna you're gonna change. Yeah, hopefully getting a new quarterback in will um turn things around for them. That's what they'll be hoping and refresh the franchise a bit. Yeah, I think, you know, obviously we can say now I think it's pretty much guaranteed that they'll take Trevor Lawrence at number one. Um they still have a lot more holes in that team though. And they have still got you know, I think it's the 18th pick overall, or maybe the 23rd, I can't remember. And then a couple in the second round as well. So yeah, they've got five, five in the first 65. Wow. So, that, so they can load up that roster. Uh, 10 picks overall. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what they need. That team has got so many holes in it. Um, you look, But they do have some bright spots. I, I really like DJ Shark. I think he's a fantastic wide receiver. James Robinson last year from, you know, an yeah. undrafted free agent turned into yeah, a gonna mention running him. back. I had to mention him. He's a fantasy hero. So are we assuming that uh, Trevor Lawrence isn't going to have a fight on his hands for the starting job? No, I, absolutely not. Unless, uh, I'm trying to think, so I assume Gardner Minshew's going to leave. Obviously, they had Mike Glennon who took over last season, who's now left for the Giants. I believe. And um, no, I don't think he's going to have a... I'm, I'm not even sure that he's really going to have too much help coaching-wise either. I'm surprised they haven't brought in uh, maybe an Alex Smith kind of figure to help Trevor Lawrence along. So is, who's their backup? Jake Luton, is it still? Yeah, I think it is Luton, yeah, who's a sixth-round pick last year, I believe. So it's obviously Trevor Lawrence's job outright from week one. But um, he needs that team to fill up on weapons around him as well. Because other than DJ Chark and James Robinson, they've not really got a tight end. They haven't really got any more wide receivers that you can count on. No, I would have thought they'd probably look to add a tight end in the draft. Um, Marvin Jones they picked up. Yeah, true. He's nine, nine touchdowns last two seasons. We love yeah. that stat. But yeah, I think they've got to keep him upright and you don't want to see him go the same way as Burrow. Picking up a bad injury. Yeah, exactly. That offensive line again is going to be another one that they really have to work on. Um, surprising season, though, really, because they did play quite well in that first game against the Colts, and I think we're all a bit shocked. I know it's week one, and you never know, but to go Norton 15 after that, I thought there was a lot of games where they were in it, definitely. They were in quite a lot of games. And overall, I'm not sure that they were a worse team than the Jets. I just think... You know, they got very lucky that the Jets picked up those two wins when they did, really. Yeah, I mean, the Jets had that ridiculous win against the Raiders, um, which sort of almost took them out of the running. And Cleveland. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, Jags, they've had one winning season since 2007. One winning season in 14 years, which is... That is crazy. You know, they've... That speaks to some sort of, I don't know, culture. Maybe they need to shift things around. Just get a a winning mentality in there. Um, I I, I don't... I'd say this out of the AFC, this is probably the weakest division of the four. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think there's a real divide in this division between two really good teams and two really bad teams. Yeah, I'd say so. Do you think a lot of it, I know you say since 2007, um, they've only had one winning season. I think that coincides with when they started playing in London. Do you think that's had a slight effect on it? I know that um, obviously the owner owns Fulham as well. He's always talked about having a London franchise. Do you think he's invested more in the idea of the franchise being a global brand than he has in the team itself? Um, I don't think so. Um, obviously, they only play one or two games a year here. Um, I think if there was they were going to move here permanently, that probably would have happened by now. You know, there seemed to be like the appetite for it, um, and it just hasn't come to fruition. And that idea seems to be tailing off a bit now. Yeah. So I, I don't think we're going to see that. I don't think we'll see. We may see more games. I mean, they they've had four, and they're talking about games in Mexico and Germany. So I mean, we may get even more games here. Um, but as for a franchise, I don't think so. So I, th- I think they will be staying in, in Jacksonville. I think that's probably fair. I mean, it's a weird one because Jacksonville, obviously in Florida, um, it's a welcoming proposition for a lot of players, but they don't seem to get that high caliber player that they're really looking for unless it's in the draft. They can't seem to tempt an already proven um, NFL star down to Jacksonville. I mean, is that because of their previous record or is it just because... You know, they've got an image that, oh, it's Jacksonville. You know, I don't want to go there, pretty much. Yeah, maybe they've just got a bit of a stink around them as to, you know, well, what am I going to do there? Am I going to have a playoff run? No, probably not. Well, they lose not all the good players. The... There must be a reason a reason why. Everyone seems to fall out with either the coach or the owner or just the team in general. Um, and then they go on to have great careers elsewhere. Yeah, like that defence, they've all gone and played well elsewhere. They were, they were a brilliant unit together, but they've all gone on and individually stood out elsewhere. Yeah, it is a bit of a strange one, really. And they're, they're quite a strange team. I think looking towards the upcoming season, we're not really expecting too much more from them. I know Trevor Lawrence will be there um, under centre, but it's a lot for him to try and turn this team into a winning team straight away. Yeah, but I think if they can add through the draft, um, you can sort of build a team up that way. If they take that approach... You know, they've got 10 picks. They can put together a core of guys who can work together and maybe you know, develop really good chemistry over the next two or three years. Is there any players in the draft that you, you might have looked at and thought you know, they'd really fit in? Um, to see them, I think they're picking 25, I think. It's oh, yeah, that's got, it, yeah. Got their, got their second pick towards the end of the first round. Um, so, I mean, you could say trade down to gain more, but... They've got 10 picks, so I think they'll probably stay there and take someone. Um, so depending on how the board falls, you could take a good left tackle at that spot. Mm-hmm. Um, or you could you know, pick up a wide receiver. Uh, you know, Smith, Waddle, they'll be off the board a lot earlier. But you could get someone like Kadarius Tony, maybe, at 25. Yep. He might be there. Yeah, Terrence uh, Marshall. Yeah, just help, help Lawrence out straight out of the gate. I think it's a great shout. Um, they need a lot of help at you know corner and safety as well. So you've got Trayvon Murray there and 
some other good corners that might fall as well. They did kind of shore up that with Shaquille Griffin and a few other signings. But again, they're not superstar signings. They're starters, but they're not signings that get you excited, if that's fair to say. Yeah, I think they're building blocks and they'll do a job. It'll be interesting to see where they go anyway. I, I for one, can't wait to see Trevor Lawrence in the league. And I think if the Jags are back in the UK this year, then I'd happily go and see him purely because of Trevor Lawrence. And I think for them as a franchise, if he is the player that everyone thinks he's going to be, this could be a huge turning point for them. It could be the reason that it then starts to attract players that it should, these star players. Yeah, only thing I would say is just be a little bit patient, Jags fans. You know, he's going to come in, he's going to make mistakes. Um, but we all hope that he is the player that he's hyped up to be and he can do good things. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, we all want to see it, as you say. And, you know, it makes make us look really stupid now if they don't pick him at number one. But, um, <laughs> yeah, well, it make everyone who's ever done a mock draft look stupid. I mean, yeah, there's not too much to say, is there? He's been the number one pick for however long. At least, yeah, a few years now. So, you know, we'll go along with the Trevor Lawrence number one pick. Um, what's, what's a good season for the Jags then? Just building blocks, improving, maybe a, a few more wins? Yeah, I think get off the bottom of the division for a start. Um, see where Lawrence can take you. Um, I mean, what did Burrow and Herbert do last year? Five and seven wins, I think they got respectively. Yeah. So, sort of in that ballpark. Um, maybe he hasn't quite got the team around him, but yeah, I think third in the division would be a good start. I think that's um, really... I mean, they, but, you know, it's not... Not unrealistic that they might end up with a top ten draft pick again next year, um, and then you can start really, you know, building a good team and adding quality players that you may not be able to pick up in free agency, as you've said. Yeah, I think they're very similar to the Jets in a way that just a accumulation of draft picks over the next two years, and you know, maybe in twenty twenty two or twenty twenty three, they'll look like a really good team. It's just about being patient, as you say. I mean, you know, we all know how difficult it is to be fans of, well, in my case, mediocre teams, but yours is above average. But you've still got to wait a long time for these teams to become really good teams. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what they do. I do think they'll probably take the place of the team we'll talk about now, uh, the Houston Texans. I would agree, yeah. Who, I mean, it's ever since the DeAndre Hopkins trade last year, it really it's just a huge downhill spiral. <laughs> Baffling decision after baffling decision, um, and just yeah, just tearing it down and not really building it back up again. Really str- I mean, how much of it do you put on Bill O'Brien? I know a lot of it was his decision for the Hopkins trade, which obviously then upset Watson, and they brought in you know David Johnson as part of it, who done nothing, and then they got rid of Bill O'Brien. Um, it's, it was just all a complete car crash in twenty uh, twenty twenty. Yeah. I mean, 15 months ago, they were 24-0 up against the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they lost that game. Mimes was ridiculous. That's fine. But since then, it's just been in a tailspin. And they don't look like coming out of it. Uh, we haven't got a first or a second round pick this year. Jesus. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. Well, they've um, got... I mean, obviously, the really big problem now is what's going on with Deshaun Watson. Yeah, so they brought in... Tyrod Taylor, and is it now looking like he might be their starter? 
I honestly think realistically, yeah. I mean, we don't know where this Deshaun Watson thing goes, obviously, now, but um, it's looking like it's going to head towards a criminal procedure. Um, so, yeah, I think there's a very high likelihood that Tyrod Taylor's a starter for the Texans next season. Imagine that. Yeah, and I mean, who's he, who's he throwing to? Because Will Fuller's gone to Miami, and then on the other side of the ball, <laughs> he's lost JJ Watt. Obviously, he's getting on in years, but I think he can still still got a lot to offer. So that was already wow. one of the worst defenses in the league with JJ Watt to losing their best player. They, I mean, they're really in trouble. They've got the worst run defense in the league against. Um, and you're playing Derrick Henry twice. That's not ideal. And we've got Jonathan Taylor in this division as well. Jonathan Taylor, yeah, even James Robinson. They have three very good backs that will abuse you, and then. Their schedule's pretty tough as well. Got to play some really difficult teams. I, I'm finding it really difficult to find any positives if I was a Texans fan at the moment. Have they got a first round pick next year? Or did they give that away as well? No, I think no, I'm pretty sure they've got one no. next year. Because they're gonna be high next year. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, I think they'll more than likely be a number one or number two pick, yeah. Yeah, I, I can't really see them getting maybe two or three wins. That might be sort of their ceiling. I'd, I'd like them to come out and prove me wrong, but I don't really see many positives for them. It's a shame, really, because the Texans, as you say, in 2019, were a really good team, and 2018 as well. Um, but this whole, I guess it's all clouded with mystery because of the Deshaun Watson situation. Um, just from what we know, it's civil, you know, civil proceedings, but it does look pretty strange that he's visited all these massage parlours for whatever reason and all this stuff has come out and, you know, yeah, we don't know it, but it's all looking like he's heading towards one way, um, which is possibly Deshaun Watson not playing in 2021. And um, if that's the case, then it's a shame for the league, but it's it's the right thing to do, obviously. Bad for the Texans. I mean, even without this, there was no guarantee that he was going to play for them anyway. No, that's that's very true. I mean, what worries me the most about the Texans is I know Bill O'Brien's gone. They've hired a coach from the Ravens. His name escapes me. He's 71 years old. So not someone who's going to, you know, install vibrancy, youth, or maybe fresh ideas into this team. Is it just a case now that, you know, they, they've already tanked for next season. Yeah, I mean, they might just have to take their medicine and ride out a couple of tough years. And that's going to be no fun at all for them. Because they had a lot of good options that they could have taken at head coach. They could have had Todd Bowles, um, Eric Bieniemy, who have still got their respective jobs as coordinators. And then they choose this guy from the Ravens. Look, he might come out and prove me wrong. And good luck to him as well. But it seemed to me like they had a lot better options on the board that they also interviewed and then just chose against it for whatever reason. Yeah, their decision-making is strange at every level. And I don't really see right now how they're going to... They've got to build from the ground up. Yeah. Which is a tough place to be coming from. Um, especially when you know the Jags are sort of in a similar position, but they've got a blueprint of digging. They've got their franchise quarterback coming in, and you can see what they're going to try and do. Yes, yeah. the Texans. You know, there's there's nothing on the table for them. 
literally nothing. Normally at this point, I'd ask you what they need in the draft. But without a first and second round pick, I mean, you know, you can still pick up a few, maybe a few good players in, in the latter yeah, round. Yeah, you, you get get some good players, get some gems, but with analytics and scouting the way they are, a lot of good players are going to be gone. Yeah, exactly. And you look at some of the players they've picked up in free agency, again, they don't fill you with too much confidence. I know Philip Lindsay was a nice pickup at running back, which I quite like. But other than that, it's just a lot of players that are very much bit pieces, you know, players that are on one-year contracts of $3 million. These aren't going to, you know, accumulate into a winning team. No, they'll sort of be there and, and then move on, you know, get paid and move on somewhere else next year. Very strange goings on in Houston. Maybe it is Houston as a place because the basketball team has this problem as well. <laughs> Where he loses all his best players. James Harden, he got annoyed, then left. Russell Westbrook, he left. Um, that's the extent of my basketball knowledge, by the way. That's really all I know. But maybe it's a Houston thing, I don't know, where they just make crazy decisions. I think Houston, we have a problem. Oh, nice. But I, yeah, I think we're going to have them and the Jags flipping this season. Um, yeah, I think if I was a better man, I'd put the Jags higher than the Texans um, at the end of this season. In fact, I might be a better man and have a look at how much that is afterwards. But to me, the Jags just seem like they have a lot more to play for. They've got a lot more hope. They've got a lot more um, promise going forward. And the Texans are just on a complete downhill spiral into the number one pick next year. I think if you're a Jags fan, you're excited about what's to come. You're you're optimistic. Um, Texans fans, you know, they haven't got a lot to shout about, which is a shame. Gutted. It proves, you know, this shows what the NFL is good and what it's bad for, really. I mean, how quickly a team can change. You know, you go from the 2019 Texans, as you say, 24-0 up against the Chiefs, to this a year and a half later. And then you look at a team like Miami, really struggling a year and a half ago, and now a 10-6 and team. That's what we love about the NFL, honestly. um, It's so difficult on sets of fans where it goes the other way. Yeah, and it's it's night and day, and it, you know it shouldn't be what goes around comes around. Um, unless you're a Patriots fan, you've been on top for twenty odd years. Yeah, bastard. <laughs> <laughs> I'll stick. I'll stick with my middle eight and eight ground. Well, eight eight and one this season. Not this, yeah, eight eight and one. Get it. Um, get it printed on a t-shirt. Bookmark it. Yeah, I should do that. I should do what the football teams here do after they win a couple of. Like games against their rival on DVD, I'll just t-shirt. So what happens? You know, say um, Man City, they're going to win everything, and they get t-shirts printed saying like Carling Cup winners. Presumably, the other team have that as well. Yeah, what happens to to those t-shirts? Well, it's like when you watch the Super Bowl and you saw as soon as it happened, Tampa Bay came out with those uh, champions hats on. It's like, well, what's happened to the Kansas City hats? Like, who's ever going to want that? Do they like pop up on eBay for like five dollars? Yeah, possibly. Or they just carry on wearing and thinking what could have been. I don't know. It's a really sad story, isn't it? Oh dear. At least with like the FA Cup, they changed the ribbons on it, so it's not so bad. But yeah, you're right with the t-shirts. Good God. Maybe there's just like, maybe there's like a warehouse of stuff like that. Maybe like, 
when they go on holiday yeah. to odd countries, maybe they're going to Uzbekistan where they don't know, but they can still claim they're the champions because no one's ever watched NFL. Yeah, they've like a bus parade. Oh, that's perfect. What a good idea. Just have a bus parade around, like, I don't know, Tajikistan or North Korea. They're not going to have a clue what's going on and they might celebrate with you. That's what they're for. That's where they're being sold on the North Korean black market. That's my thought. Yeah. I might have a look after on eBay. But I'll buy one from my dad. He's a Kansas City, Kansas City fan. He can have one of the old hats. All right, shall we move on to some good teams? Let's talk some proper football. Let's talk some proper football. Let's talk about the Indianapolis Colts. Um, really good season last season, 11-5, and and then lost to the Bills in the postseason, uh, 27-24. But, you know, there's no shame in losing to the Bills, especially like that. Um, I thought Philip Rivers done a really nice job with that team last year. Um, came over and improved them straight away from Jacoby Brissett. Um, kind of upset he retired in a way. I still thought he had another year or two to go. But they brought in Carson Wentz in March and um, he reunites with Frank Reich. Uh, Ollie, what do you make of that move as a starter? Not overly enamoured with it. Um, I think there's probably better options out there. Whether that was you know, trading up in the draft or picking up a free agent, um, I think they're. I think they've got a really, really good roster. Um, they always seem to have cap space, so they can make moves if they want to. Um, really good defense last season. It was the one ranked defense for a while. Yeah. I think they finished top ten in the end. I had them in fantasy. They were helping me out massively each week. Um, great running game. I think. They're sort of a quarterback away from being a real contender. Um, you know, Rivers Rivers did a good job. He was really coming on strong down the stretch as well. He was having three hundred yard games for fun. Um, and I, yeah, I just think they're a really good quarterback away from being a proper contender in the AFC. And I'm not convinced. Vince is it? Even with his old offensive coordinator at the Eagles, Frank Reich. I hope so. Um, I'd like to see him have a, a renaissance and get back to the form when he was sort of looking like he was going to be MVP. Um, and they obviously think he can because they got the deal done really early. So they obviously think there's something there and you know, he can do the job for them. And I hope he does because I'd really like to see him do well. Yeah, no, me too. And I think the, part of the reason they got the deal done so quickly is... You know, just this, I know a lot of teams are sniffing around him as well, the Bears being one of them. And they just want to get the quicker you get these things sorted in free agency, the better, really. So you can set up your team, you know, a couple of months ahead of the draft and then about eight months ahead of the season, everyone knows where they are and what they're doing. I think from that point of view, they've been brilliant. I think it was actually a really smart move. But as we say about Carson Wentz, you know, he was really bad last season. Like, shockingly bad I think the 32nd ranked quarterback he was lower than Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles you know that's how bad this guy was last season every time you watched him it it felt like he threw about four interceptions for one touchdown you know he I don't think I've ever seen a quarterback regress as much as he did last season no and this doesn't seem to be a huge explanation for it outside of he just wasn't good yeah, I mean, he wasn't on a great team, but I don't know. I'd like to see him turn it around. I hope he does. Well, as you say, he's got a better team around him now, definitely. Um, 
and better weapons. They've got with. a really good offensive line, and they've got a run game that needs respecting as well. Yep. So we'll see. There may be a couple of receivers away from. I think they need to help him there. Maybe get a good tight end in as well. Um, to really, because he was so good with Zach Ertz back at the Eagles, he was a real, you know, linchpin of that offense and helped him out a lot. Obviously, um, they've got T.Y. Hilton back there again for this season. Uh, they'll get Paris Campbell back again after another ACL injury. I think that's two Hitman injuries. Really good last year yeah. as well. Yeah, really, really promising player. Yeah. But other than that, I mean, you struggle to think who else he's throwing to. So I think. You know, if you're the Colts in the draft, I think they're at 21. Are you going wide receiver? Are you going anywhere else? Where else have they got holes? I think they'll probably take a tackle. Um, Costanzo, is that you say his name? Yeah. He retired. So I think they're probably going to shore up in that area. Uh, picking at 21, I think they'll still be able to get, if not their top pick, you know, one of one of the better ones. I think that's probably where they'll go. Yeah, I think it's a sensible shout. I mean, Wentz obviously struggled, or part of his struggles last season were due to that horrendous offensive line. That he had yeah, I think part of it maybe will be getting his confidence back up, giving him a pocket and letting him stand in there and have the confidence to be able to know that he's not going to get smashed. Yeah, I mean, look how much time Rivers had last year. You know, he had days to throw that ball, which is probably why he was so good towards the end. The least mobile quarterback I've ever seen, I think. But, you know, he had at least four or five seconds every time to throw that ball. And I think that's exactly what Wentz needs. And I hope it, I do hope it works out for him. You know, he was very good a couple of years ago. And it's a, as you say, it's a really well-rounded team. And that defense last year started off stronger than probably any defense in the league. Yeah, it'd be a good story for Wentz, you know, to come back and regain the old form. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, so with the Colts, one player I was really impressed with was Jonathan Taylor. Um, yeah, mega. He really struggled for the first couple of um, couple of games, and there was a lot of people saying, you know, was he worth it? You know, the people get written off so quickly in the NFL, as you know. And then he comes back along maybe the last eight or ten games, and he was... He was phenomenal. He's one of the best backs in the league. Over the season, he was the third best running back. Jesus. Bearing in mind how slowly he started, that's incredible. That is crazy. Um, I, don't, I don't know, maybe he had a bit too much put on him because Marlon Mack went down in week one. Yep. So maybe he was thrust in a little bit before he was ready. But man, when he when he got going, he was, you know, you talk about Derek Henry in this division. But Jonathan Taylor was unstoppable as well. Yep. Um, really annoyed that I had a trade for him in fantasy um, that I didn't see because I was out doing the big shop. <laughs> the big shop's done you again. And by the time, by the time I logged in and got the notification, it was gone. What was the trade out of interest? I don't think I remember it, this one. It was um, with our good friend Dave. Um, oh, it was a two, so it was Taylor and someone else for Chris Carson. Oh, mate! And I think I think it was maybe maybe trading quarterbacks as well. I can't remember now. Taylor but, on his own was worth it. Yeah, and Carson got injured quite soon yeah. after that as well. So 
Well, that's yeah. the game we all love in fantasy. You never know who's going to be good. I mean, who thought James Robertson was going to be any good in these players? But we know for next year, mate. And I mean, yeah, Jonathan Taylor's superb running back. They've got Hines, who's a good pass catcher out the backfield. Yeah, really and nice player, Hines. Milo Mack as well. So it's, yeah, they're dangerous. Yeah, and um, obviously we've mentioned the offensive line being great. Defensive line's fantastic as well. And the pickup of, obviously they've got Darius Leonard, who's just outstanding. But I thought one player last year really stood out was DeForest Buckner from the 49ers. My God, that man looks like a complete monster. Yeah, it's an absolute wrecking ball. Uh, really good for the 49ers, really good for the Colts. What else can you say? Great team. Just a really good team. Do you They're think really the genuine well AFC contenders? Um, I think so, yeah. Um, I mean, you said it, there's no shame in losing to the Bills. Mm. And that was a close game as well, 27-24. Um, yeah, I think they'll be in the mix again this season. Would you expect them to win a division? Um, yes, I'm going to say. Yeah. I, no, I completely agree. I think there are only a couple of pieces... Well. There are a couple of pieces away in terms of personnel at cornerback and, you know, tackle and wide receiver. But their season really depends on how Carson Wentz plays. More than possibly any team, you know, in the AFC, they're so reliant on that quarterback now because everything else is in place. You know, um, oh man, I really want to see him do well. And I like this Colts I've, team. I've got a bit of a soft spot for the Colts. Same. Um, my, my stepbrother lived in Indianapolis for a little while. Um, they play in blue and white, which is the colour of my football team, sadly. Um, <laughs> yeah, just, I, yeah, I want to see them do well. Joe, you know they're just always a really good team. You know, for the four or five years I've been watching NFL, they've always been a great team. Um, it was obviously a huge surprise at the start of last season about Andrew Luck. Leaving you, you, yeah, you know, I you was, probably thought that he'd play for years and years, and that didn't have an effect on him, definitely. Yeah, I was sort of thinking he was going to really lead them all the way, potentially. Yeah, so that was that was a shame to lose him. And hopefully, Wentz will step up and fill those shoes. Yeah, time will tell. Um, I like you think they'll probably win the division, I think they're the best all round team in it, and I think. They'll probably go one further than last season in the postseason. I think they can, they could possibly even make that AFC Championship game if they get a nice run of fixtures up and up towards it. I know there's a lot of good teams in there, but for me, if they have a good draft, they can they can do it. Let's jump on the Colts bandwagon. Yeah, let's do it. We've only jumped right. on the bandwagon over eight teams. The Colts are the team of the podcast, not the Broncos. All right, uh, let's move on from the Colts. Talk about the. Division winners, the Tennessee Titans, again, 11-5 record. Um, you know, a good season for the Titans, I think. There was a couple of games where they lost, they shouldn't have lost. The Bengals won, springs to mind. But um, I thought, again, Ollie, another really good season um, in 2020 for the Titans. Yeah, another good season for them and another good season for that man, Ryan Tannehill. Oh, Just God. a flash in the pan. No. It was good, whole season, you know. They come in, was it week seven of the year before? Yeah, yeah, um, around then, yeah. Everyone was sort of like, well, it's, you know, it's not going to carry that on, but it was really good last year again. It's fantastic, wasn't it? I mean, 
when you think back of his days at Miami and just how average he was, possibly even below average, it is amazing what coaching and you know being around the right environment can do for you. I think part of it is because Henry is so feared. Um, you know, Tannehill's so good on play action. Mm-hmm. He's so good of his legs as well, Tannehill. Like he's yeah, seriously he is, yeah. underrated. You know, he's quite quick. He scores a lot of rushing touchdowns. You know, because that play action with Henry is so good, that opens that up pretty much every time. It's a lovely thing to have. And what I think they might miss out on this season is obviously they lost their offensive coordinator, Arthur Smith, to the Falcons. So it'll be interesting to see how both Tannehill and Henry are used now. But if they can keep that play action going, keep the run game as strong as it is, that offense should really have no issues, especially with AJ Brown as well. Well, I was going to say they've lost quite a lot. Mm-hmm. quite a few players so AJ Brown is going to have to step up as probably a number one receiver now he's going to get a lot of defensive attention um, yeah they've lost on both sides of the ball actually which is why yeah. I think the Colts are probably going to win this division um, just looking at I mean just on offence Johnny Smith Corey Davis and Adam Humphreys have all yeah. gone out the door yeah, some big misses there definitely so they've got to replace them Um and on the defence, Butler and Adoree Jackson. So they'll probably look to add a corner in the draft, I would have thought. Corner. The one thing that the Titans really struggle with is a pass rush. They just didn't have one at all, probably for the last two seasons, really. Um, they brought in Clowney last season, but they thought could help that out. But I think he only ended mm. up with 3.5 sacks. Um, so it's an area that I think they'll probably look to strengthen early on in the draft, maybe first or or second round, but they have got to get that going. So I've got, obviously, Bud Dupree coming in there. I think I've got him as a bit of an upgrade over Clowney. Um, He definitely earned his his payday from a good season and a half with the Steelers before he got injured. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. I forgot about Bud Dupree, actually. How can I forget about Bud? Big boy Bud. My guy. Your guy, exactly. Let's talk about my guy, Derek Henry. 2,000-yard oh, season. My what God, guy. what an animal this man is. The weird thing about him is, as games go on, he seems to get better. Mm. You know, his stats, second half compared to first half, so much of his yardage comes in the second half games. And obviously, just as that defence tires, he's just pounding away over and over and over. Yep. And he's, yeah, he's absolutely superb. He's a freak. I mean, I will say that 500 of his yards came against the Texans. But, um, you know, who cares? That, when I mean, the guy's running at you... Did both those games go to, go to overtime? One of them certainly did. One of them did. I think the last, and, yeah, the last one definitely did, yeah. And I think it, it went to overtime. Titans won the, the coin toss. And they just gave Henry the ball twice. And he yeah. was in the end zone. Yeah, I mean, it's all you've got to do. Against teams that have got... No run defence. All the Titans have to do is run that ball. And it's such a good weapon to have. Um, Especially if it's working well, as we mentioned, with the play action. That opens up Tannehill, which then opens up AJ Brown. They've got some really nice pieces there on offence. It's just that defence that is really letting them down and letting them down against the Ravens. Yeah, that was a bit of a disappointing defeat after what they did to the Ravens the year before in the playoffs. And that's becoming a bit of a spicy rivalry. Yeah, it's a lovely so one. Maybe, I love that. Uh, maybe we can get the rubber match this coming January. Yeah, why not, eh? I mean, 
I think they'll probably make the postseason again, the Titans. I know they've had a coaching change. And if they could pick up some nice pieces on defense um, in the draft, maybe another wide receiver. Um, there's still a lot of free agent corners that they might be able to look at as well. Um, if they could sort that defense out and get some good pass rush and good work in the secondary, they'll push the Colts definitely for a, for the top spot. Yeah, I'd agree. You know, they, uh, they're a, a good team. I think the Colts were a little bit better, but that's yeah. taking nothing away from the Titans. They've been, they've got an identity. They, they're very exciting to watch. I think they're a great team to watch. Like you don't often watch the Titans and think you're going to be involved in a boring game. Like you know something good is going to happen, and that's what we're all watching the NFL for. You know, we don't want to watch the Texans versus the Jags. You know, we want to watch these exciting teams that are, you know, going out there every week. And personally for me, I love a good run game. And there's nothing more I love than Derek Henry swatting away a cornerback um, to run another 60 yards like he did to that poor Josh Norman. Derek Henry will punch you in the mouth and he will not apologise. It's so out of order. Some of those people that, you know, he does that to, they've got families and they have to get up from that. And and this this is their career. It's their livelihood, isn't it? It's how do you come back from something like that? I think it was the one against the Bills last year. That I mean, he he must he have pushed him back about ten yards. He sat him down on the floor. Incredible man! And said, "No, you will not stop me." Do you think? Obviously, I know he's a fantastic running back, and I'm now looking purely from a fantasy point of view. Do you think that with the loss of those wide receivers that we mentioned earlier, he's going to have to become more of a pass catching back, or is it just Poss- straight running? Possibly. I think he can do it. Um, they just don't really utilise it because he's so good at running and they had such good receivers. Yeah. But I think if needed, yeah, I think he could step in and do that. No, definitely. Again, you, you wouldn't mess with him, would you? No, I mean, you know, if he can catch a ball in the open field and get up ahead of steam, who's going to stop him? Yeah, exactly. We could throw him as well. We've seen him throw him. You know, I've seen him throw a touchdown pass to... Oh, I can't remember who it was too, but I think that was in the playoff game against the Patriots 2019. <laughs> he had one against the Ravens the year before last where he took the snap and just bulldozed his way in. Oh, yeah, that was great as well. Yeah, good team. Good team, the Titans. Um, yeah, as I said earlier, I do think the losses and the coaching losses will have an effect on how they perform. I think if they can get back to an 11-5 and record this season, then they've done really well. Um, I think I might be looking at... a. Yeah, I say well, I can't say eleven and five anymore, can I? It's eleven and six, or you know, ten and seven. I think if they can get around that kind of record, they've had a really good season. Is that enough to get in the playoffs though? Because the AFC is so competitive. I oh, stacked. It's so stacked. Um, and there's going to be some good teams missing out of the playoffs this year. Yeah, a hundred percent, definitely. I mean, you know, you look at how unlucky the Dolphins were last season to not get in it at ten and six. I mean, that could possibly happen to the Titans this year because I don't think they'll. They're not going to go to 11 or 12. Um, but for me, I just want to see another postseason game against the Ravens. Just every year. That's fine for me. Yeah, it's all square. So let's get the decider. I can't remember if they're playing next year or not. Uh, I might have a quick look at, look at that after. But I'm pretty sure they might be. Tasty. So yeah, um, just following on. So we're going to say the Colts as the division, division winners. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, uh Titans second. Yeah. And then I'm gonna go Jags, then Texans. Yeah, I'll go Jags. I think they might pick up five or six wins. Um Yeah, Texans. 
don't know. <laughs> Not many wins. <laughs> no, I think the Texans, well, it all depends on Deshaun Watson and we'll see what happens there. But I think, you know, because he'll win you games on, on their own. But um, yeah. without, without him, you might be looking at a, a 1-16 and 16 season. With him, maybe 4-13. and 13. You know. Yeah, he was he was unbelievable last year. Yeah, the way he played on on a bad team. Um, yeah, but I think you really fear for them otherwise. Definitely, and we'll see what happens. Um, you know, with the Deshaun Watson news, and with the draft just two weeks away, Ollie, can you believe it? Two weeks. Exciting, very exciting. I can't, mate. Honestly, I can <laughs> I cannot wait. Um, I have to stay up all night to watch it. Um, yeah, I think I'll probably be watching it the next day, just because it's going to annoy me when we've got to do a know, show on it the next day. So you have to catch up with the whole thing. <laughs> well, it's you know it's, it's midnight and the Jags are still taking nine minutes to put their pick, pick in. Well, yeah, I said to you before I'm going to be fucking furious if they take nine and a half minutes to pick Trevor Lawrence. Oh, actually, if in the first ten picks, I reckon. The Bears haven't moved up. I might probably go asleep. But um, I shouldn't say that on an NFL podcast, should I? I mean, I'll definitely watch all 32 teams. Um, but yeah, I'm, re- I'm really excited. I was really excited for it last season. But um, I think we know a lot more about it now. Um, this season, definitely. And a lot more about the prospects. That it's becoming really exciting. Yeah. Obviously, we did that um, mock draft using Ben's amazing spreadsheet. Oh, that's um, incredible. Yeah, and I think yeah we might might do that again. Yeah, good point. And if you haven't seen that spreadsheet, that's on our Twitter page at Fourth and Out Pod. Uh, that's well worth a look. That's absolutely incredible. Um, recommend it for all your mock drafts. All right, Ollie, should we um, bundle in some news while we still yeah, have some time? A few little bits to talk about before we go. Yeah, man, I'll let you lead. So first off, Clowney signing for the Browns. It's actually a signing that happened before we started recording. For once, <laughs> rather than when we we're on the air, it's, I think it's a lovely little signing. Um, was it was it one million, um, one year for ten million? Yeah, um, I just need the Browns to stop adding quality players and give everyone else a chance. Yeah, I mean, I know he's not been as productive as he'd have liked to have been, but um, him and Miles Garrett is enough to scare most people. I think the thing with him is he hasn't had great productivity for a little while now but it's just the possibility that he's a complete wrecking ball and as a defense you have to give him some attention yeah and that's going to free up other people you know Garrett or uh Tack McKinley they got Tack McKinley know. yeah um there's going to be people coming from all angles and if you're double covering Clowney then someone else is going to get through it's a position they really needed as well. It was one of the ones we spoke about that, you know, they still need that pass rush and that run block as well. And I think he's good at both. Yeah, he's um, a very good um, good against the run. Um, and it, this was possibly on the cards last season and it didn't really happen. But um, yeah, I think he's visited them twice in the last few weeks and he's obviously built up a good rapport with them and they've made it happen. Yeah, it seems very sensible, again, from the Browns as well. They didn't rush into the sign-in. You know, they met him a couple of times. He probably had a workout there. And then they made the decision after that. Again, it's very sensible. Just every part of the Browns at the moment, it's just, it's just clever football and clever yeah, managing. I mean, the, the deal they've given him, it's not extravagant. It's not extortionate. 
maybe Nick, maybe if he has a ridiculous season, then maybe he'll get a big deal. But I think it makes sense for buys. Yeah, just a solid move. Definitely. And he's on a prove-it deal as well, which means he has to play well, which is, yeah, I think it's fantastic. And if the Browns draft well, they're such a serious team in the AFC and in the NFL. My God, they're good. Um, okay, what else we got, mate? James Connor signing for the Cardinals. Quite a nice little move, I thought. Yeah, I went to get your um, thoughts on this. Obviously, he's been with your team for the last three or four years. I think he's a little bit underrated, actually. Um, I think it's a low-risk move for the Cardinals with possibly pretty high upside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Drake went to the Raiders, was it? Yep. So, they've brought in Connor um, just to be a, sort of a different back to Chase Edmonds, who's still there. Um, he's probably going to be a pass catcher and maybe like your third down guy. Um, Connor's more of a sort of a big bodied, I think he's about 230 pounds. Um, I I really like him. I think he's a strong runner. Um, He's just had issues over the last two years. One, staying healthy. And two, with a not so good offensive line. Yeah, it's hard to judge James Connor in a way because I don't think the running game at Pittsburgh suited him at all if there was one. 32nd ranked Washington. Yeah. Um, And that wasn't his fault. He was really good filling in for Bell when he set out that year. Since then, he's had his health problems. So it is, um, you know, he might not be able to stay fit. It's a a one-year deal, so... It's another clever signing, I think. Not too much risk for the uh, Cardinals, I don't think. Um, No. It could turn out to be really good. It's another piece that they needed, though, isn't it? I mean, they obviously lost Drake, but I don't think Drake gives you anything that Connor doesn't. You know, I don't think they've lost anything out of this at all and if anything Connor's a little bit younger as well so yeah why not he's, again he's on another prove it deal if he goes out and has an amazing season then that's good for him and good for the Cardinals yeah I'm quite sad to see him go I would have liked him to stay in Pittsburgh but obviously not to be no again I mean obviously it affects your running game now and I think the need for a, a running back there's so many mock drafts with you taking a running back in at number 24 yeah, I'm not sure. I think they'll probably go a different way. Oh, they should definitely go a different way. She can get good yeah. running backs in the second round. Yeah, I mean, they've picked up the last couple of years. Um, it took McFarland last year. We haven't seen loads of, so maybe he's going to have a bit of a bigger bigger role this year. Yeah, definitely be interesting. Um, interesting time. All right, mate, what else we got? Last one was um, your boy Julian Edelman retiring. Oh, the boy. Liam's favourite player. How many weeks into the season does he sign for Tampa? That, I'm, glad, I'm so glad you said <laughs> it. That's exactly what I thought as soon as he retired. It's, it, it almost seems so obvious to me that it's going to happen because they lost um, Antonio Brown. So, yeah, I mean, he's going, he's going straight in that team as wide receiver three. It, it's happening Call it now. They'll be looking back at this podcast in months to come thinking that they're bloody revolutionaries. I mean, unless he's got some horrible injury that is going to stop him from playing. Well, we, we, hope, we hope he'll turn up in Tampa. <laughs> we, we do hope that. He struggled last year and it, he struggled in the last couple of seasons with drop catches. But for me, um, considering this guy was a seventh round pick as well. As a quarterback. Um, yeah, as a quarterback. You know, he's had a Super Bowl MVP. He's won three Super Bowls. 
He's been just an outstanding receiver for a majority of his career. He's a borderline Hall of Fame, you know, candidate. Uh, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Do you think he is a Hall of Famer? I think there can definitely be an argument made. We had, we had some tweets saying, no, definitely not. Um, I think you could definitely make the argument for him. Definitely. I think a lot of, you know, a lot of times you're talking about players that play for the Patriots. It's because they play for the Patriots. I think if you take out that side of it and you put, you know, just looking at Julian Edelman, he's, he's had a borderline Hall of Fame career. I think it could go either way. <laughs> I would say, um, you know, some of the arguments I've heard, uh, no, he shouldn't get in because X player isn't in the Hall of Fame. And it's like, okay, but we're not talking about them. We want to just judge him on his merits and as to whether he is worthy or not in, you know, when he's eligible. Um, That's that's such a good career. And and it's the story as well, you know, seventh round pick, three Super Bowls, Super Bowl MVP. That Super Bowl MVP can't be overlooked how hard it is for a wide receiver to win that award for one and just how good he was in that game I mean just it's so there's, good he was there's no way they there's no way they win that game no oh absolutely not no they wouldn't get anywhere near you know he was so good and you can say what you want about Brady but you know he was the star of that and Hall of Fame careers I get that it's all about what you've done throughout your entire career but you're remembered for single games realistically and Julian Edelman will always be remembered for that one game if he makes it to the Hall of Fame great but I think every time you say Julian Edelman to someone they'll think right that's super good beard. yeah <laughs> great beard <laughs> he's got a fucking good beard that's a beard I want I mean I was gonna throw out a couple of things um he's got the second most receptions and yards in postseason history behind wow. only Jerry Rice and you know you said about remembering games people remember playoff games. Exactly. And that's, yeah. that's where the big boys come to play. And he's yep. done it. Um, played 19 playoff games. Six of them he's had over 100 yards. Yeah, I mean, that's just... Yeah, he turns up. Um, the other thing I was going to say was, I was watching GMFB the other day and they were doing a piece on him. He played quite a bit on, at the start, I think it's 2011, he played quite a bit on defence for the Patriots as well. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he had a few sacks. He had um, 36 tackles and two QB hits. Um, 68 total career tackles. Yeah, they were showing him. He was, they were showing clips. He was making touchdown saving tackles. You know, he's done a bit of it. As a seventh round pick, he's done a bit of everything for that team. Yeah, he's thrown the ball quite a lot as well. Um, you know, they, they do all that special play stuff and it's always Edelman well, yeah, at, throws at it. the start he was a he was a kick returner punt returner yep I, do you know what I think we've made his case as a Hall of Famer yeah get him in there I've, no I think <laughs> you're so right though if what you do in the postseason you can build up your stats and your touchdowns and your yards in your 16 game regular season but it's all about what you do yeah, after like, obviously over the, the regular season you're going to be playing some clunkers you're going to be playing you know a 1 and 15 Jags team maybe mm. But in the postseason, you should be playing the best teams. Yeah. And that's when he's turned up and done it. No, I, honestly, I completely agree. Um, you're right. We can all run against the Texans' defence, but can you all do it against the, you know, the Colts' defence or the, you know, the Ravens' defence or the Steelers' defence? And Julian Edelman, it didn't matter who he played against in that postseason. He was just very, very good. So, yeah, I think 
I'm more swayed to Hall of Fame than I am to not Hall of Fame. Yeah, and like there is other players who you can make a good case for as well. But if we're just looking at him on his merits, I think yeah, there's definitely an argument to be made. Do you think? Um, I know he struggled last season, but it's still a big loss for the Patriots, it, whether it's on the pitch, but also in the locker room. He's a huge part of that previous dynasty, really, and they're losing that piece by piece now. Yeah, big character. Obviously, he was there for twelve years. Um, so that's just another, you know, you've got that winning mentality. That's another piece of that puzzle gone. And it just sort of, you, yeah, you're just chipping away at that and losing piece by piece. Yeah, exactly. It'll be interesting to see what happens. I mean, wish him a good retirement for two months um, and then the big Tampa return. I think it's inevitable. Whether it's this season or maybe the season after, I, there's just a part of me that thinks it's going to happen. I want to see Brady, um, Brady reversing it to Edelman, and then him hitting Gronk yeah. for a sixty-yarder. <laughs> yeah, absolutely against the Patriots. That's that's what I want to see. And then just looking at Bill Belichick's face. Oh God, that's the stuff that dreams are made of. The, the thing is, the Patriots will, will be like twenty points up, and Belichick will have drawn that play up himself. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, absolutely! Yeah, that's one that uh, Tom Brady's nicked off him. But no, yeah, definitely good stuff. Um, all right, mate. I think we're there. I think we spoke about everything. Um, so, just what's coming up in the next, I guess, week or so, few weeks? We're recording again on Sunday to talk about the NFC East. Um, we have a few guests along for that. We've got our friend uh, Ben who created the spreadsheet. And also another mate of ours called Liam, a different Liam. We don't know whether baseball Liam's going to turn up, but we're, we're sure. Baseball <laughs> Liam. That's his nickname from now on, baseball Liam. Um, uh, then we'll do some mock draft shows in the next week or so. And then, as we spoke about earlier, a post-draft show for day one and then one for day two and day three together, I think. Otherwise, that's a lot of shows. Um, yeah, I think that's it, isn't it, Ollie? Yeah, going to be busy. but. Um... Yeah, looking forward to the NFC East. It's yeah, man. Quite an interesting division. Um, yeah, it'll be a good one. Good one. Um, with... And Ben's a, a giant super fan, so it'll be interesting to get his takes on things. Well, Ben's definitely the most knowledgeable NFL fan that I know. Um, yeah. By quite a long way. So it'll be good to have some expert opinions on the podcast. Other than ours, obviously. <laughs> uh, yeah, so if you. Um, yeah, carry on listening to those. Uh, shout out the socials as Liam's not here. Uh, at Fourth and Out Podcast. Oh, no, it's at Fourth and Out Pod, isn't it? The Twitter page. Um, I don't know our Facebook page. I won't lie. That's for it. You'll, you'll find it. Well, at you won't be the private group. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, we have to. <laughs> we have to give you admittance. Um, oh, crap. Yeah, I forgot about that. We will change that. But yeah, yeah, at Fourth and Out Pod. Um, Rate and subscribe as well. We've had some nice reviews on Apple. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mad that people want to listen to us talking football, but there we go. Mate, I know. It's crazy. Absolutely crazy. But yeah, thanks, Ollie. Thanks for joining again, mate. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, mate. And um, enjoy your weekend and I'll speak to you soon. Cheers, man. Enjoy it. And thank you for listening.